0: I'm ready to unload on you and and get you excited about the things of God. Are you ready? You don't have to jump up and down and get all excited. It's okay, you know. There you go. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Well, I'll do the jumping for you, okay? Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, I'm going to show you some things that you may not have seen in the Bible or didn't know that they were uh, uh, illustrated as much as they are. But we're going to finish up on our series on the amazing love of God. This is the last um, part of this. Now, you can get the audio services, audio, audio messages of the services immediately after uh, Dominic and, and Alex have been working to get it together so that if you miss something, if you fell asleep during the service, God forbid, <laughs> you can go back and hear it again and say, oh, yeah, that's, I remember that sort of, kind of. You know, that's what we do with the movies, don't we? We see part of the movies, and you, you fall asleep, and you wake up, and you go, like, what happened? What happened? But, well, So this is the final segment of the series, and three weeks ago, if you remember, Rosie was trying to teach me how to bake a cake, but I wasn't following her instructions. And guess what? My cake didn't come out right, because I, I did it my way. You know, And a lot of us as saints, we try to do it our own way, and we find out that it doesn't work out so good because God has got a formula and a plan and a pattern for us. And if we do it the way He wants us to, everything will work out just right. Did you know that? There's a way to praise. There's a way to pray. There's a way to seek Him, a way to live for Him. And if you get in that pathway, if you get in His commandments, uh, you'll see the glory and the blessings of the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's pray. Maybe this will wake you up. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that as we come together, we can hear the word of God with uh, joy and jubilance to know that, Father God, that you want to speak to us, speak to your people so that they may be encouraged in you and they they may receive all the blessings that you have for them. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. Then two weeks after that, we had Andrew, who is the weak Christian, who fought the good fight of faith against that wicked devil, our lovable Jonathan, uh, and, and he gave them the one two punch the word of God and, and the, blood of the, uh, uh, the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony, and he knocked them out. Hallelujah. You got to knock out the devil when he comes against you. Amen. Whether it be in sickness or in finances or family relationships, whatever you're going through, the devil is behind those evil things. Did you know that? Not your wife, not your neighbor, not your boss. It's the devil. Amen. <laughs> and we fight the good fight of faith. What's a good fight? Is when we win. Who wants to go into a fight and know you're gonna lose? I like it when they, they tell you, okay, this is set up, this is a setup. You go in there, you just start punching, and the guy's gonna go down in the first round. I like that. You sure? Yes, okay. And you just pretend like you know you're gonna fight and boom, down he goes. Like Muhammad Ali and Sonny listen. I don't know if you ever remember that, way back when? He went down in the first round. It was called the Phantom Punch. Did he hit him or did he not hit him? But he went down, and Ali was saying, "Get up, get up! We don't want the devil to get up. We do him, stay down, stay down." Praise the Lord. Then last week we had a visitation of Jesus. Remember, he came to heal the paralytic, and they brought, he brought four of his friends. We don't know their name. <laughs> we don't know their names, but I, I heard that they were the Four Cs. Mr. Compassion, because he wept for his friend, He didn't just say, you know what, I feel sorry for you. You can't can't walk and run and do the things that we want to do. He had compassion, but he had his other friend, Mr. Commitment. Let's take him down to Jesus. Let's do it. Let's just not sit around and, and wait. And then Mr. Confidence says, we can do it, guys. We can bring him to Jesus. And when they came to Jesus, they found out the house was full. So Mr. Creativity said, let's get on the roof and drop him down, and we'll see God do great and mighty miracles through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So those are the ingredients to see the Word of God fulfilled in your life. And if you want to know the details of those last three weeks, what do you do? Go to the website, click media, and you can hear the whole message. You can go, oh, now I know what Pastor Chuck was talking about. Praise the Lord. So this week we're going to talk about something that he dropped in my spirit, and I just uh, felt it being confirmed throughout the week you know, I'm trying to say what God wants you to hear. Did you know that? I'm not just making up stuff, you know, it's like, God, what do you want to tell your people? And so many times I speak uh, on Sunday and then I listen on the radio. S- some other ministers are saying the same thing. I go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm right on track. I'm right in tune. People will text me and go, so-and-so was just saying the same thing you were saying. And I go, well, that's the same spirit that's talking, praise the Lord. So uh, I, I really felt that the Lord was wanting me to, to share this with you. There, there are names of God. You know, God reveals himself through his names on what he can do and what his characteristics are. And so one of the first names he shows us is Elohim. This is when he said God uh, created the heavens and the earth. It's that God is Elohim. So it's the infinite, all-powerful God who shows by his works that he is the creator, sustainer, and supreme judge of all the earth. Amen? In the beginning, God said, or it says, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible says that the heavens are the glory of the Lord, and his firmament is his handiwork. And you think about, you know, the the earth and the heavens and the vastness of the galaxies. I mean, God just put all the stars and all the planets. I said, I'll put Mars over here, Jupiter. Saturn. I mean, it's amazing. And then yet he gets so minute. He, he makes the, the brain of an ant. How does he do that? You ever try to do like models and you get try to get your fingers and you're trying to paint them and you put the windows in the airplane and you go like how, I can't get it? I can't. God, how does God put a brain in an the ant and make it work? And all the species that are in the world and the animals and the plants all work together? How does he do it? I want to tell you something. He's smarter than you are. He's smarter than we ever thought he could be. Praise the Lord. He's a genius. So uh <laughs> he said he's the creator, sustainer, and supreme judge. Now, how many of you have ever had your parents say, I brought you in this world, and I can take you out? <laughs> You've heard that? <laughs> well, I, my parents never told me that, God, thank God, but he, they didn't really make us. Did they make us? No, the Bible says that God formed us in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. He made us, right? But he can't take us out. Remember with the flood and Noah? He wiped out all the known earth by a flood. Remember Sodom and Gomorrah? He wiped out the whole city, save Lot and his family. So he can, he can wipe you out if he wants to. I mean, he can just flick you like this off the face of the earth. That's power, isn't it? And we act all bad. Oh, I'm mad at God. You are? You better watch out, man. You know. Well, what you mad about? The Bible says He is love and He is just and He is righteous. How could you be mad at Him? How could you? You just don't have all the information, isn't that true? So you remember the children of Israel? He wanted to wipe them out uh, because they were sinning. They were uh, making a golden calf. Did you know that? But uh, Moses interceded for the for the people. And God stayed his execution. So one of the names is Elohim, All infinite, all powerful. We're talking about a powerful God, but that's not what he wants me to talk about today. There's another name, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Yeah. One with the ability to nourish, supply, and satisfy. How many of you know that that's a good God to have on your side? When you run short, you run out of a month, in your money, and you need some help, God said, I will supply, just like he did for Patricia. And I want, to get the, I want to get the name of your friend so I can just put her on my list and let her know my birthday is in November. But if she wants to do it at any time between now and November, that's fine. How many of you want to get a friend like that? Well, that's God ministering to someone to help her. And so you got to be friends with people so that God will put it on their heart to help you, to bless you. You know, God's in heaven and he just doesn't drop money down. You know that, right? He uses people. He uses situations. He, he guides and directs people. So he has the ability to nourish, supply, and satisfy. He's able to triumph over every obstacle or every opposition. You got opposition? You got obstacles in your life? God says, I am the all-sufficient one. I can make a difference in your life. That's what he told the children of Israel. They're going into the wilderness and they're wondering, how are we going to eat out there? How, what are we going to drink? What, what's happening? He says, I'll take care of you. I'm El Shaddai the breasty one. That's what it's translated meaning how a mother uh, feeds her young. I will nourish. I will supply. I'll satisfy you. And he satisfied them every day for how many years? 40 years. Their feet, their shoes never wore out. How would you like that to have happened for 40 years? Same shoes. No sick among them, no feeble-minded, there's no wheelchairs, there's no uh, you know, walkers or they're nothing. They're all, they're all healthy, healed, happy, walking through the desert. How, that's how God is. He's all powerful, almighty, all able to supply and triumph over every obstacle or every opposition that you ever want to face. This is who we're talking about, the amazing love of God and the power of God. But that's not what I'm supposed to talk to you about, Okay? We're going to talk about something else. We're going to talk about how the children of Israel, while they were in the desert, while Moses went up to the back side of the mountain and wanted to get the Ten Commandments, and he walks down, and guess what the children of Israel had done? Fernando, do you know what they did? They messed up. How'd they mess up? They broke two of the commandments, the first two commandments, before they even brought the commandments down. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me, thou shalt not make any graven images. They already did that. They made a golden calf. And they said, This is the God that brought us out of Egypt. And God was what? Mad. His ra- he said, you know what he told him? He said, You know what? I don't know what I'm going to do with y'all. Y'all go, just go to your room. <laughs> Go to your, I don't know, what, I'll get back to you. I'm so mad at you. Have you ever had that happen to you? Growing up, my parents told me, you know, just go to your room. Me and your father are gonna figure out what we're gonna do to you. <laughs> what what kind of restrictions are we gonna put on your lifestyle? They didn't have cell phones, so they couldn't take my cell. Now if you send someone to, the, to your room, it's like a joy. No problem, you get on the computer and just have fun, talk to your friends. But in those days, when you went to your room, there was nothing, no TV, no radio, no nothing. You're just alone, you and yourself thinking, what's gonna happen to me? So that's what God said to them. And uh, <laughs> so uh, here's what he comes and says. Well, actually, Moses, he, he told Moses, he said, Moses, I'm through with these people. I've had it. I, I don't I, I don't know if I can't bear to be with them. I don't want to look at them anymore. Your mom ever said, get away from me, I don't want to look at your face. You ever your parents ever say that to you? Oh, I, I forgot. I'm with the holy saints of God, I'm sorry. <laughs> She'd say stuff like, you didn't learn that in this house. Where did you learn to do those kinds of things? Mom, I'm just having fun. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, that's what all the kids do. We run around, we drink, we carry on. What's the problem? Uh, no, we don't do that here. So anyway, God was mad with the children of Israel. He said, I don't want to look at them anymore. I'll send him to the promised land because that's what I promised, but I'm not going with you. And Moses said, No, you can't do that. You can't just not be with us. And he says, I want to see you, God. I want to see your glory. I want to see your presence. I want to see your face. And guess what? God said, You can't see my face. I'll blow you away. I'm too powerful, I'm too mighty but go in the cleft of the rock and then I'll come by and I'll let my glory pass the backside, the glory, you know, fill your, your, your presence. And it's kind of like perfume, you know, when you see somebody walk by and you smell, that smells good. So that's what it was, the perfume of the Lord. So here, God comes down and he's going to proclaim another name that he is, okay? Now remember, he's pretty upset. He's pretty mad at these people because they were breaking the biggest and the worst commandment that you can by having foreign gods and graven images. And the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. Don't go yet, yeah, but you know, I would think that he'd be saying, look, I am mighty. I am powerful. And these pipsqueaks, <laughs> I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to wipe them out. No, here's what he says. Next, next uh, slide. And he passed in front of them. Moses In front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. What? Slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness and rebellion. What? I thought you were mad. He he didn't say all powerful, all mighty. His first description was compassionate, merciful, slow to anger. Oh, well, we've seen a different side of God here. God's not here trying to beat us down. He said, You know what? I had second thoughts. I con- consoled with myself. I'm compassionate. I'm gracious. I'm slow to anger. Isn't that good to know that we have a God like that? Oh, I think you could. You guys want to have a God like that? That's compassionate. That means that when you sin and when you mess up, you can go to him and he has mercy upon you. When you made the biggest, the wrong decision that you're supposed to make in your life, God says, you know what, I know you disobeyed, you didn't listen to me, but I'm going to bail you out. I'm compassionate. Let's look at, let's look at this next slide. So, who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high yet humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth? Had you ever thought about that? God's got it made up there. He don't need to come down and go with us and be with us, but He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap. What? And in my studies when I was getting my uh, master's degree, praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> I'm not just a pretty face, okay. <laughs> But they showed me something here that in the Bible, there's a lot of descriptions of how God wants us to look at the poor and needy, the fatherless and the widow. In fact, he gets mad at the kings that don't operate in justice over those people. He said, what have I put you here for? But to take care of the poor and the needy. What? God come on, what about the rich people? What about the elite? That's how we make our money. That's how things go. No, he's he's concerned about the poor and the needy. That's where his focus is. Now, even in Deuteronomy 15, the next slide, here's what God said. He said, if there's any among you a poor man of your brethren with Within any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart, nor shut your hand from your poor brother. Oh, my God. How many many people have a poor brother, have a poor sister, have a poor friend that needs your help? Amen. What does he say? Don't shut up your hand. But you shall open your hand how? Wide. Wide to him, and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Ouch. Is the Lord really, what? See, because we're so used to gathering, collecting, saving, building. God said, don't forget the poor that's behind you. Don't forget those that have need around you, because you'll be blessed for it. Let's go to the next slide. It says, because what happened was every seven years, they're released of their debt. So if someone came to you in the seventh year and said, can I borrow some money? And you'd say, oh, well, wait a minute. The seventh year, that means that if you don't pay by the end of the year, I'm going to lose. I have to release it. But God said, beware lest least there be a wicked thought in your heart saying the seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. This is some serious accusations here. He's calling calling you wicked, calling you evil, and there's sin among you. Why? You neglect and don't pay attention to those around you that are less fortunate. And uh, so I can say that in our household, we do that. We look to see how we can bless people, even our own family members that make mistakes. We had one family member that got a big settlement for retirement, she got like $250,000. And uh, so we told her, don't take it all at once, break it up, take it month by month. She didn't do that. She took it all, and guess what? All gone. (laughs) So my son, being compassionate as he has, said, we should get some money together. Let's talk to the family members and collect and give it to her. Even though she did wrong and didn't listen to us. But the Bible says, open up wide your hand to give to her. So she was so thankful. And here's some scriptures that we talk about. In Proverbs 1431 says, He who oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he who honors him has mercy on the needy. Next one. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. And last one. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Isn't that exciting to see? Aren't you glad you came to church today? (laughs) (laughs) That you're supposed to give to those that are in need. Now, there's no want of trying to find people that are of need. Did you know that? There's plenty of people. Now, you can't feed everybody. You can't lend everybody. But those that are around you, you can Jesus said, be good to your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? The one that's near you. So we, I go to a thing called Christian Business Partners every Tuesday, and we bring our businesses, and we talk about how we influence the community and how people can help and support us. And so we had one lady that got up and said, well, you know, I work for Farmers Insurance, but my real heart, my real uh, passion is to feed the poor. I'm saying, okay, all right, well, we got Rudy, he'd do that. In fact, we say do a Rudy and go to the park and, and give people food. So she told me, she told us, that every uh, month on the fourth Thursday, she goes and gives burrito to the pe- burritos to the people on Skid Row. Oh, that's nice. How many burritos do you think she would give? 100. 100. Are you crazy? A thousand burritos? One lady. <laughs> One lady has 40 to 50 people that are with her, and they do a thousand burritos wow. every month. For how many years? A lifetime. Well, twenty come on, you guys are <laughs> <laughs> give her a break. You guys have been working her <laughs> seven years, okay? Wow. Can anybody do that for seven years? Every uh, month on a fourth Thursday, let's see what it looks like here. Here they are, and notice they're all smiling. (laughs) They're not all, you know, depressed, discouraged, and, you know, wanting to get out of there. They're smiling because what the Bible says, but he that feeds the poor giveth to the Lord, right? And he will repay. And here's another picture of them out there on the streets passing out burritos. How many? A thousand, every month. Come on, get up, let's go. You got to do a thousand burritos today. And so she goes and she makes rice and wouldn't it be nice if we could talk to someone like that just to find out what their motivation is and why they would do something like that. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to, to hear that? Okay, well we have her right here <laughs> actually. Sonia, come on up here. <laughs> this is the girl. <laughs>
1: good morning god bless you and thank you for having me these two in the front red and the black shirt those are my kids and uh from the picture it looks like my daughter's probably saying my bag is too heavy can you take some burritos and put it in your bag is what i imagine that picture is like because um yeah they so it's the third thursday of every month and um I grew up in Orange County, and I didn't know Skid Row existed. I would see a homeless person here and there, um, and now, while well, they're along the, the freeway, but growing up, I didn't know there was a Skid Row. Um, and as an adult, um, I drove by. I was in LA. I don't even remember the reason, but I was in LA, and accidentally, um, I passed by Skid Row. and. I'm watching, you know, as I'm driving by, I see all these um, people, like, laying on the floor and with tents and cardboard. And and I, to me, I, I'm thinking, I live in America. How does this exist? And so it was really, um, it was just really hard for me to see that. Um, you know, years passed by, and I... Um, Salsa dance um, with the gentleman that started this project, and he kept telling me, um, like, "Oh, you should go with me to Skid Row and feed the homeless." And so I said, "Yeah, I'm gonna go next month. I'll go with you next month." It went on for a few months, and finally I said, "You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just not say I'm gonna go, but I'm. What day is it? And I'm gonna do it." He said, "It's the third Thursday of every month," and and I said, "What do I do?" What? And he's like, "You just." If you want to help out, you can make rice or you can make beans. And, and you know, we're going to meet in this place and we're going to put them together. So I said, okay, I'm going to take my kids with me. And I did some volunteer work with my kids in an orphanage in Tecate. So my kids are used to that growing up. They were always exposed. We would go to uh, Mexico to the um, landfill and take rice and beans and, And my kids were always exposed to that, so there wasn't anything new for them. But um, I wanted them to see, we're not in another country. We're here, we're in LA. And it was so sad for me to see that and not do anything, you know? I said, God, why does this exist? And why isn't anybody doing anything about it? So I'm not gonna change Skid Row, but I can make the difference of one person. So, So I, Grab my kids that Thursday and we made rice, we took it, we went, and um, this is exactly how it happens. After we put them together, and like in the previous slide, then we grab a bag and then we just hit the street. There's about between um, 30 to 40 people that hit Skid Row. There's more people making burritos and then some stay back and clean up the room and then the rest of us go. And to me, the biggest pleasure is giving someone a burrito and when they said, you know, God bless you, God bless you too, you know, or, you know, have a good night or something like that. So, um, anyway, so we started doing it. It just became something that God put in my heart and um, I want to be that example for my children, for my community, for you know, all that. But the most important thing for me is to teach my kids about kindness and giving. And it's not about them. And And I have amazing children. And my son um, is in high school. He's in, he's 17 years old. And last year, they did a whole um, story on the yearbook. Um, at, he goes to South Hills. So there's a story about him, about him going and, and stuff. And there's not a lot of kids right now that think about somebody else and not themselves. And so, I mean, I I asked him the other day, honey, do you need jeans? Because I saw that his jeans were all, and he says, yeah. And I'm like, why don't you tell me, like, you know, that you need something. But, you know, my daughter and I were talking and I I said, "It, it comes back to that. I think, you know, the fact that he's there, we used to do it, once a week my 17 year old and i but we lost a place that we were we were making sandwiches with another group called um monday night mission and um we were going out once a week they're not doing it right now until they have a new place so we still do it the the third thursday of every month if anybody wants more information it's called the burrito project there's a facebook Um, And it's um, the Burrito Project South Pasadena. You can get more information if you want to be involved. But, um, you know, for me, you know, God just put it in my heart. I can't just know that it exists and do nothing about it. And so that's why I do it. I had surgery a couple years ago. I had a tumor uh, that was removed. Didn't know if I would be here today. And um, I went out. A few days before my surgery, I told the group, you know, I don't know when I'm gonna be back. So days before I went and getting off my car, um, I offered somebody a burrito and he said, yeah. I said, do you want a water? He said, yeah. And then so I gave it to him and he walks off and he turns around and he said, keep smiling. And my, my daughter said, what did he tell you? And I said, he said, keep smiling. And and So I just went up about my day, you know, or night, you know, and finished. And a few days later I had surgery and they removed the tumor that was in my salivary gland and I couldn't smile. When I got up to look in the mirror, my whole face was paralyzed and I couldn't smile. And the only thing that I could think was these words that this man said. And so I knew it was God telling me that I was gonna smile—not then—and you know, but it meant something to me. And um, as soon as I was better, I was back at it, you know, with vengeance. Then I started doing it like once a week instead of instead of once a month. But um, I think that um, you know, when you you know, you may not have much, and I don't have a lot, but You know, I think I don't give my leftovers. I give, you know, um, and, and God gives me a lot more. He gave me amazing kids and I don't, I don't need more than that, you know? And so, um, and I think this goes down to my kids and then, you know, they'll do it and, you know, their kids and stuff. So, um, You know, that's the reason I I do it to this day.
0: So let me see your smile. Keep smiling, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, what she's doing is the scripture that says in Matthew 25, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Right. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. The next, next slide says more. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you visited me. Jesus said, as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So whatever you do, whatever you give uh, to a poor person or someone that's in prison or someone that's sick, you've done it unto the Lord. People ask me, okay, where are you going? I go, I'm gonna go visit Jesus in the hospital, right? Because the person in the hospital has Jesus on the inside of them, and as you've done it, as they have cried out. I mean, God has to use us to be instruments of his goodness. Amen? And Jesus gave to the poor. Let, you know, did you know this? When, when uh, um, Judas, when they were, uh, next, next slide. When Judas was uh, at the, at the Last Supper, this was a, a holy moment, and Judas leaves, and the disciples didn't know why he left. I mean, he just got done saying, this is my... Bread, this is my body that's going to be given to you. This is my blood that's going to be given to you. He, he, uh, Judas left, but some thought because Judas had the money box that Jesus had said to him, buy those things we need for the feast or that he should... Give something to the poor. As much, God, Judas was doing this constantly giving to the poor. Jesus was constantly giving to the poor. Even though he had a ministry and he had to support it with the 12 disciples and their families and go all about the countryside, he didn't neglect giving to the poor. Here's a picture of Jesus giving some money to Judas, saying, go and do what you have to do, but do it quickly. They thought, oh, he's going to go give to the poor. Nah. He went to go betray him. You know, now, even in Leviticus, let's look at Leviticus real quick here. Uh, God made a provision that the farmers, let's look at the scripture, the farmers were supposed to go and not glean the whole vineyard, to leave the corners and by the fences uh, uh, unharvested so that the poor and the stranger could come in and gather the excess that's on the side. Did you know that? That means you're not supposed to take everything, okay? You're supposed to let somebody glean from your prosperity. I know my son took advantage of this when we, he was younger, he was about seven or eight years old, and uh, all of a sudden he said he had a hundred dollars. I go, how'd you get a hundred dollars? He said, well, I've just been picking up, I've been gleaning the, the, the coins that you've been leaving around the house, you and mom. <laughs> we just put, take them out of our, you know, put them on the counter and everything. He was collecting them all. And it came up to $100, so we learned that. We would now put them in a tin, and now we collect $100, praise the Lord. But uh, here's a picture of Ruth. Remember Ruth? She's gleaning, see how they're on the corners? They're gleaning the harvest that wasn't, uh, uh, the, 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 the sheaves that weren't, weren't taken up. Now, it would be good to be able to talk to Ruth. Wouldn't it be nice if we could talk to Ruth about that? To see exactly how that looked and how that was. You know, and that's why you come to Newhart Four Square Church, the summer theater, because you never know who's going to show up. You know, and, oh, there's Ruth now. She's gathering in the sheaves, praise the Lord. Isn't that nice? Uh-oh. Well, there's... Come over here, son, here. Come here, i gonna tell you something. Okay, that lady right there, she, she gave up, she forsook uh, her foreign god and came to our god, so let her have as much as she wants. In fact, if you have some bundles, just let them fall to her so that she can have it, okay? Very well. Okay, you got it, you got it? You got it. Okay, don't be so mean, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You're a pastor. <laughs> Thank you, Ruth. We might hear from her again because you know what? When, Je- <laughs> when when Jesus came, did Jesus came for the elite, to the special people, to those that were rich? What did he say? Let's see the scripture. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to what? Preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the... To, to proclaim... Proclaim liberty to the, and recovery of sight to the, to set at liberty those that are oppressed. Doesn't sound like the rich people here, right? The poor, the brokenhearted, the captives, the blind, the oppressed. Isn't that us? God reaches down and he wants to grab us and grab hold of us and, and, and make us his. So the Bible says, let's look at First Thessalonians 5.14. Because, see, now there's poor in spirit. There's people that don't have what we have as an enrichment. It says here, now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, but it says comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. And I put a little note here, Dr. O'Neill Orlando, I wanted to tell you the story, I didn't want to forget. We had a friend in Pomona, he was a pastor, and uh, he went to Disney World. Praise the Lord. Allie's going to Disney World in July with her, her young'uns. And uh, so he was, He went there, and he's a polite man. Remember Pastor O'Neill? Very polite, very cordial man. And so the, you ever go to a turnstile when you both are entering in at the same time? And, and, you know, some of us will, like, try to go first. Not in this group, but, you know, other churches. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> But anyway, they both were going to enter into this turnstile at the same time, but Pastor O'Neill, being very kind and patient, he, he, he backed off and said, go ahead, sir, you can go first. So the man went in first, and then Dr. O'Neill went in, and all of a sudden, bells and lights and whistles went off, and everybody started you know, making a fuss. And they said, you are the one millionth customer. You have just won a free car. He said, glory to God. And the man that went first looked back and said, oh my God, I just missed it. But because he was kind and cordial and patient, he was able to receive a blessing from the Lord. You never know where your blessing or how it's going to be, right? So uh, in real life, we have it a little differently. We're supposed to be kind to those people that are, uh, are, are uh, not so secure. Hold on, I got to get my little script here. Okay. Uh, okay, so OK, so now in today's, today's world, it, it's a little bit different when you comfort the feeble-minded. So let's see, uh, Rosie, could you come up here? Uh, I know you were Ruth yesteryear, but uh, oh, you can come right here, yeah. But now, here you are, 20th century girl. Praise the Lord! Good to see you. I like your your outfit. That other that other outfit, boy, I tell you, <laughs> kind of dumpy looking. But anyway, um, uh, how are you doing? How are you doing?
1: Well, Pastor Chuck, I'm not doing too well. Um, things are just not going well. I pray, I read the Bible, and just I just don't know what God wants for me. What do I do? Hmm.
0: I don't know. Maybe we just shoot you and put you out there in the field or something. No. Um,
1: <laughs> you know, I got a ticket a week ago for $490 for turning on a red arrow.
0: You got a ticket for $490? Ticket. Yep. That's terrible. That's very I feel so, terrible. I feel so bad for you. I do too. The same thing happened to me. <laughs> but, you know, I was reading in the Word of God, and sometimes you need to read in the Word of God to give somebody encouragement, that God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. And that he can be a hero and come in and help you just in the nick of time. He's going to provide for you that money.
1: Well, right now I just feel too weak to have faith, Pastor.
0: Well, the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord. Wait a minute. What would you say?
1: I feel too weak. Okay.
0: I mean... <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're supposed to do? Yes. No. no. <laughs> you supposed <sometimes> say yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, is it... or do you go, Rosie, Rosie, Rosie. <laughs> How many times have I... No. You're supposed to say, they that wait upon the Lord in Isaiah says that they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up as wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they shall not faint. So it may not look like God's going to come through, but he is faithful, Rosie. You got to keep believing. Well,
1: thank you for encouraging me, Pastor. Would you pray with me?
0: Yes, I will. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for Rosie. I thank you that she's encouraged that she'll see your provision and that you'll be the God that is more than enough for her, taking care of every situation she's facing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. So you have to be kind to someone. Now, we're going to do something. Did everybody get a card? Everybody get a, a, a little gift card? You got the cards? Okay. What I want to do is. Sometimes we forget to acknowledge people that are around us, people that have helped us, people that have made a difference in our life. So I want you to take these cards and just write a note to them saying how much that you appreciate them, how much you thank them for being in your life, making a difference in your life. It could be somebody in your family, somebody that you kind of forget, you don't acknowledge. But God wants you to acknowledge the poor, the poor in spirit, those that are need encouragement, wouldn't you like to get a note like that? Yes. I know sometimes I get it in the mail and I go like, oh, they're thinking of me. How nice. I was so thankful. Marilyn said she was, uh, the Lord told her to pray for me last week. And I was telling my wife, remember, I was just so tired. Oh, I just feel tired. I feel tired. I don't know why I'm so tired. And uh, so she was praying for me. So this little note that you give to people, you can mail it, or if it's your neighbor, you can give it, or if it's your, something that you work with, you can... Uh, just hand it to them. You need one, babe? William, let's get the front row here. Amen. Now, the guys are supposed to have the the manly ones. Yeah. I got manly ones for the men, yeah. Okay. You want to take, you, you, we got five minutes. You want to take some time to write it out now? No? You want to go home and think about it? Yeah. All right, well, let's pray. <laughs> you want to make it just right, huh? Exactly. Okay. So you have two assignments this week, right? you got to write a note to somebody that you love and you want to share your heart with. And two, you got to invite somebody to come as a visitor to our Grand Poopa next week. And we're going to have flags and decorations and barbecue and games and... Uh, We're going to have fun in the name of the Lord. If you can't come to church and have fun, why come, right? Right. I don't like going to church and just clocking in. I like to go and have fun. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We're going to talk about that next week. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we have another special guest that's going to come and do some amazing things that will confound the wise. Amen? Bring it. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to be a blessing to those that are near us, that, Father, we'll reach out and not neglect or not be um, not observant of those that are around us and what they may be needing. And, Father, we just thank you that as these notes go forth, that they'll be able to make a difference in someone's life. It'll touch their heart, encourage them, strengthen them so that they can do the work that you've called them to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all agreed said? Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for coming, and I'm excited. We're going to have all these chairs filled next week because you are going to go out and grab somebody That's right. by the throat and bring them to church. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, you are dismissed. We're going to have refreshments, and God be with you.